And so we didn't have values. We didn't, we didn't have mission statements. We just had a whole lot of passion. And what I found was, is that um, if I didn't clarify the values, then someone would for me. Welcome to the Relational Leader Podcast, where relationships and ministry meet. Well, welcome to this episode of the Relational Leader Podcast. I'm Kristen, and as always, joined around the table by Randy. How are you today, sir? That's a great question today. Yeah. <laughs> it's a loaded question. It's a loaded question. Actually, I'm doing I'm doing great. One of the reasons why I'm doing great is I actually love this time together and doing this podcast. As you guys may or may not know as a listener, my desire in all of this is to bring real conversations, kind of green room conversations to the to our lives. Because as leaders, some of the times in my life that have been the most fulfilling and enriching. I've been, have been times where I've been with pastors and leaders talking about things offline. Yes. And uh, that's really the heart of this. So anytime I sit down to do one of these podcasts with you and whoever our guest is, I love it because I know it's going to be some rich conversations. And so I love it. And I'm looking forward. Our conference is coming up in just a few weeks. Yes. So, Relate conference. It's mm -hmm. going to be incredible. Um, it's going to be packed full of all kinds of good things. It is. As a relational leader network, that's what we're trying to do. Provide content yes. and places for people to come and learn. Uh, the podcast is part of that. Our conference yeah. is part of that. And relationships. So not just to come and learn, but to actually build relationships with one another and not do this alone. So right. uh, that's kind of the heart behind this podcast. It, hopefully you feel like you're in the room with us. I hope so. Yeah. Uh, so that's, that's, the, that's the goal. Uh, and so today's conversation is going to be really, really great and really valuable no matter where you find yourself. Uh, if you're a church leader, pastor, staff member, uh, maybe even a, a volunteer, but we're going to, uh, we're going to be talking about the importance of staff values. Hmm. And, and, and sometimes that's something that I don't know if it's talked about a ton, yeah, you're but right. it's kind of the, it's a glue that holds a team together and that's keeps great... unity in going forward. Would you say? I love that. The glue, or you could say like the gravity that it just, it holds things together and it's not talked about a lot. Yeah. There's a lot of practical stuff and how do you do this and how do you do that? this glue today. I think it's an important topic. I'm looking forward to yeah, it. Yeah, it's going to be a great conversation. And we have a, a wonderful guest with us today. And uh, I just met him for the first time and I'm so honored that you're here. I know he's a great friend of yours. Pastor mm -hmm. Daniel Floyd is around the table today. How are you? I'm great. Honored to be with you guys. Oh, I love, it's I so love good the idea of this podcast. Um, I was thinking when you were saying, Randy, the green room conversation, some of those I've been able to sit with you in green rooms and it does you hear something it sparks a thought you go back home and it one one little thing changes something in a big way so love the podcast honored to be on it today thank you daniel i, I do i appreciate your friendship and uh you're right those green room conversations are often the nuggets we get when we're not even looking for those things but that's mm -hmm. usually the nuggets that change our lives and I respect you so much. You are a phenomenal leader, great communicator, great church, great family, the way you guys raise your kids and ministry. Thank you so much for being on here. I'm honored, man. I love it. Yeah, I appreciate it. Honored to be here. 
Good. Well, for those of you that may not know, uh, Pastor Daniel, Daniel and your wife, Tammy, you guys are the founding uh, pastors of Life Point Church in Fredericksburg, Virginia, a little bit colder than here in Florida. For sure. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. And you've got uh, four additional campuses uh, across the state. Um, and, uh, and you've got a doctorate, which makes you way smarter than <laughs> uh, the other people on this podcast. Okay. These two in this room, we're from Louisiana. Yeah. Third grade after that, it's optional. Yep. Okay. <laughs> yep. So we're, we really are though. So glad to have you here. It, it's going to, and all that you're going to bring to the table is going to make for a great conversation. Oh, so. he's going to bring so much to the table. Hey, that means normally you don't take a lot of notes in this podcast. <laughs> yeah, but you should take notes. Today, you should take notes Dr. Today. Floyd is here. Get your notepad and pull out your Oh, Dr. Floyd, Dr. Floyd. Uh, teach us uh, that. That just means you could endure a lot of punishment. That's what a doctorate means. <laughs> okay, that's good. Well, uh, I love this topic. We, we've kind of teased to it about staff values, uh, but I want to kick it off and let's make sure we're all on the same page. Okay. Um, and Daniel, will you kind of, what do you mean? How do you define staff values and why is it that you believe that they're so important? Yeah, I, I love this topic. I think it's critically important. When we started as a church, um, we didn't know anything. <laughs> Matter of fact, my wife and I were on our way to where we graduated um, our undergrads with, and they had asked us to come back to the School of Religion and talk about church planning. And she said, why are they asking us? And I said, I think we're church planners. Like we weren't <laughs> tied to an organization. We we had no training. We didn't know anything about the ark. And we just knew we wanted to reach people and had big faith to see a city reached. And, and so we didn't have values. We didn't, we didn't have mission statements. <laughs> we just had a whole lot of passion. And what I found was, is that um, if I didn't clarify the values, then someone would for me. Mm. And, and so that's why I love this topic. So, cause it was very transformational in our journey of leadership. So to answer your question, um, I would say the values simply answer the question, how do we do it here? It's, it's not necessarily the only way. It's not necessarily um, the, the only right way to do it. It just says, how do we do it here? Um, it, and, and values really, uh, if people could think about it this way, maybe another mental model for it is values um, is create the behaviors that create your culture. Mm-hmm. So it's it's those things that that oftentimes are in the senior leader or um, get birthed through stories, through experience. I can look back on so many of our values and there's a story with it. You know, um, there, there's a there's a something that happened that just ingrained itself into the life of our church and our staff. And now as we bring new people on, it's like you need to know this story. You need to know this value because it it's a part of of who we are. So that that's how I think about values and why they're so critical. I think what you said is so important for, for everyone listening is the fact that you all oftentimes when you start out, at least when you're younger, cause I was the same way, Daniel, I had a, I had a mission statement. Here's what we're going to do, but it's the, how we were going to do it. I was very unclear. I was still trying to figure out who I am. And after mm-hmm. several years of leading the church, That's when I pulled people in like Kristen and others. And I said, okay, I need us to do like a spiritual archaeological dig. That's great. Let's figure out what is it that 
that people feel and experience? What are the things that we hold of great value mm -hmm. as we are doing our work? And that's when we be began to discover our, our core values or our staff values. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I think it's important that you don't get too quickly into trying unearth those or copying, pasting other people's, so, but you can be slow with that. Like you grew a great church without having your staff values. You had your mission statement. So you were on task, mm -hmm. but you took some time to develop now what you would call your staff values. And I want to encourage our listeners now, just go slow. What we do is mission statement. You have to have that. And that's pretty simple. The, the Bible gives us what that is. But what are your values and how you're going to do it? And they are unique. You said that, Daniel, to each leader, certain tendencies or leanings that you have. And you need to know what those are and build your staff culture around that. Yeah, that's so good. So good. We, we had kind of had the same experience. We were, I don't know if I heard a talk on it or uh went to a church. I was just a ferocious You were in a green partner. room somewhere. That's what yeah, it was. I was in a green room, seriously. <laughs> yeah. And I went back and I pulled our team together and I said, let's start listing the adjectives people say about us. Who are we? And and the these reoccurring themes just kept coming up. And so we we unearthed. I love that archaeological dig. We We unearthed our values. We didn't state them. Because if you start day one with a list of values, they're aspiring values, but they're not real values. Yes. Right. There's something you want to be, but you don't know what you'll actually be till you get in the game and, and kind of the rubber meets the road. Mm -hmm. That's so true. And that's exactly how it happened to us. So I might be as smart as a doctor. <laughs> For sure. Keyword. My, no, I'm, just kidding. I'm just kidding. Can we take her off the rest of the podcast? Just, yeah. Uh, but I, I love I love that question that you asked your team or those around you. What what do people already say that we are? Who is it now? When you asked that, did you uncover anything that you were like, "Ooh, I don't know if I want to be that," or were they all things that you felt like this is what was in me? I just hadn't put words to yet. Yeah, I think if anything, um, I didn't. And maybe it's because it was a group of leaders around the room and they were bringing positive adjectives. <laughs> but what I did see is um, gaps that thought where I thought, I think that's something we don't do well. So I'll give you an example. Um, I'm I have a tendency and I know this is a weakness that I have to be over intentional about, but I have a tendency to get done with something and move to the next and not really celebrate how great the thing was, but I wanted a culture of celebration. I didn't want people to feel run over. I didn't want them to feel like nothing's never good enough, never happy. You know, I immediately can go to the critique of what I didn't like. And so I would say I saw the list and then saw, oh, there's a gap. So there's a value that we have a staff value we call celebrate intentionally. And the reason we say intentionally is because the senior leader is not always great about celebrating. So I have to intentionally put it in. I would say it was an inspire, aspiring value that became a real value for us. That's but good. I would say as we unearthed, I noticed a gap or two where I was like, oh, I, I don't like that that's missing from our culture. And so how do we get that in now? 
That's good. So would you take us on that journey a little bit, just practically speaking for lead pastors that are listening and, and, and church leaders, how, where did it go from that conversation? As you begin to ask that question of, you know, what do people, who do people say that we are, where did you take it in order to develop these values that you now carry and, and really uh, emphasize on your team? Yeah. So really practically speaking, we got our small little staff in a room with a whiteboard, everybody on staff, all four of them. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. And, and we just started listing all the adjectives of, you know, not just one word, but could have been a phrase, but what do people say when they talk about experiencing us? Cause that really is what the culture is. It's what you experience. It's sometimes it's feel. Can we put language to that? It's um, it's expressed in different ways. I'll, often, I think the best example probably in, you know, that everyone experiences in the corporate world is Chick-fil-A. Like there's a definitely defined culture and anybody can talk about it. it it's the, my pleasure. It's the, I'm gonna come around and refill your drink. It's those that comes out of values. So we did that. And then, um, we started narrowing down and going, okay, all of these kind of fit in this bucket, all of these ideas fit in this bucket. So we started to create buckets. Um, and then we begin to give language to those buckets, uh, that fit within the language of our church. And then I think this was an important step. I, I wish I could say I was just very strategic back then. Um, but I wanted, I wanted our leaders to have that same aha moment. And so instead of going in and bringing all of, I think I brought all of our dream team together at the time, which was not very large. And instead of just teaching them and saying, these are our values and this is who we are, we broke them up into groups and said, we will have an exercise tonight. Want you to write down all the adjectives of who people say we are. And then we want you to group them together. And they came back with the exact same buckets. Oh, wow. That's brilliant. That's really And so at the end of the meeting, we said, doesn't this bucket described, doesn't this language describe this bucket the best? And so there was this collective buy-in because it wasn't just staff team that went through it. All of our dream team went through it together. And we all came at the end of the night going, yeah, all that made, this is who we are. So now these are things, not only are we going to live out, but we'll defend because we own them at a, at a deep level because the whole team was part of discovering part of the dig, so to speak. Wow. It's so interesting, Daniel. We have never talked about this, but this is the same exact yep. exercise yep. that we went through as a church in figuring these out, allowing people to throw phrases and adjectives, grouping them together, to getting outside people to do the same thing, to see if it all matched. And uh, so, but from the things you've said, I want to, give our listeners a couple of things that stuck out to me. Number one is don't be afraid to bring people in the room that will tell you the negative things Mm -hmm. because there's great value in what you are doing well, but what are the missing links? That's something you said that people could have missed. I want to make sure they get that. Mm -hmm. Second one is um, make sure that you get a lot of people that buy in on it because you need, like you brought people outside of staff, outside your core team just to make sure that that's what people on the end edges are saying as well. Not to, to people that love you and see through a certain lens. Uh, I love it. That's, that's great. This is going to help a lot of people. I wish I'd have listened to this podcast right. 
you know, 15 <laughs> years ago. I think so one of the worst you... things is to, to come up and say, these are our values. And the greeter at the door is going, no, it's not. Yeah. This is not who we are at all. I mean, that, that, to me, that could be detrimental to your culture. Yeah. It'll work against you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So did you guys in this, how many staff values did you land on? Did you find that? I know that's something that we've gone through as well, that, you know, what do you feel like there's a sweet spot in a number of values, you know, cause our brains are on, at least us from Louisiana, our brains are only so, Dr. Floyd so large. They say otherwise. Uh, no, but 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 seriously, did you guys discuss that as you were kind of narrowing down these buckets? Was there intentionality in that? Mm -hmm. Yeah, there. It felt like the list could be so long. We, I don't know if it's right or wrong. It's we just arbitrarily said we're going to have no more than ten. Okay. And we forced everything into ten. Now I will say, years later um there are 12 and we're not adding anymore <laughs> what what are just out of curiosity what are the two that got added um i would have to go back and look at the list because we we re uh we relanguaged some of them because yeah. as the church has yep. uh, grown and just time mm -hmm. some language felt obsolete it made a lot of sense to the first 500 people made no sense to the you right. know next yeah, iteration and decade of the church right um so we went through and and i'll tell you another real quick kind of journey we went on especially talking about staff values because we were we began to feel this tension of and tell me if this is going in a direction you don't want to go we begin to feel this tension of all right i don't know that i'm going to ask the greeter at the door to know 10 12 things mm -hmm. But as we hired from people from within, we found out the leap from dream team leader, even high level leader onto staff was a bigger leap than what it should have been. Mm -hmm. Yes. And what we realized is there are some, and I love the way you talk about staff values. We, we use the language aligning values, which same thing. We begin to find out that there's, there's three or four core things we want every dream teamer to know value wise, but there's some things underneath those values that to be successful on our staff, you have to know. And so even really within the last year, we've started, depending on the level you serve at, will be depending on the level of the list that we begin to invest. So that by the time you're at the highest level of leadership and would be a potential hire, you already have been taught, understand, and are are embracing what we would call our staff values, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. that sounds sounds similar to, to ours as well in the sense of uh, it's hard to get it down to your bottom line dream team or, you know, somebody working the door, but it does happen. I don't know accidentally if it happens or whatever, because that's that's the hardest part in a volunteer organization is to get those people at the grassroots level to, to really, to get it. Mm -hmm. uh, but we have been through the same exercise as you have. We used to have more. We've been, you added, we have been narrowing them down. So once again, doctor has 12 Louisiana Cajuns. We have three. <laughs> That's all we can remember. Yeah. No. <laughs> but we, we used to have more and we just, 
we figured out how to group them down to three mm. things so that yeah. people can remember them. Yeah. And uh, of course we do more training. We maybe we're going to talk about that in a minute. How do we train these things from staff all the way to volunteers? But, uh, but it's just three and, and the more you get involved, the more in depth your training and yeah. uh, understanding of that is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Same, same concept here. Absolutely. Well, and I think that's a great uh, direction to go next is, you know, you develop these staff values, these core values, cultural values, whatever you call them, you might call them at, at your church. Um, and it's great to have them. But how do you keep them in front of people, especially uh, you've got you've got turnover, you've got new staff coming on, you've got staff coming on from other churches who maybe had other values and now they're having to make this switch and understanding uh, you know i go back to kind of i think it was what you said randy at the beginning uh or both of you really you, you had a mission when you started and really all of our mission is the same because it's just the great commission so that's an easy transfer mm -hmm. but when you're talking about values and you're talking about the the how we do it here and what are those things that anchor that together it's it's often different so how do you keep that in front of your team um so that they take ownership of it and it becomes something that they live out and they begin to carry as well yeah that's great it's because you're so right one organization to another one church to another it can be so different mm -hmm. uh, i tell people it's uh values are are kind of like when you first started dating someone and they were going to take you to a family member and they said, before we go, let me share a few things with you. Yeah. <laughs> yes. What they were doing was saying, there's some family values and culture that may be awkward to you. I just want to set you up. Right. Uh, and it's right. so important that those get ingrained and into the heart of, of new staff, transitioning staff. So I would just say this first, very practically, is I think as a senior leader, you you can't teach values as much as you be values. Mm -hmm. It's it's got to it's got to be in the essence of who you are. It has to be something that that flows. Now, obviously, we can all grow in different areas. I'm not saying that, but it can't. It, I don't think a value can be something that's so counter to who you are that that people look at it and go, "That's that's just not in you." doesn't flow out of you. So um, I think that then I think it's um, a lot of the stuff that that people would know is just being intentional. And I think system about systematic about it, but celebrating it when you see it, you know, the old saying, what gets celebrated gets repeated and celebrating yeah. the people and the specific value and, um, you know, whether that's in an all staff meeting or whether it's with a gift or or whatever it may be, I think obviously teaching them um, we try to align our all staff teaching around values. Mm -hmm. So any all staff teaching, anytime I'm in front of the staff, I want to make sure that we're, we're, we're teaching something that's going to align around the values. And then I think this is the, can be the hardest one, uh, depends on the personality of the leader, but you have to correct, um, when you don't see them. Mm -hmm. And I love this thought because I think. I think this is a pitfall for leaders is um, we get frustrated about something that's in our mind that we've never said. Mm. So we're frustrated because we're thinking a certain way, but we've never communicated it. So I love this thought. You can't discipline what you've never discipled. 
So don't Great. don't That's go good. correct something if you haven't discipled that into somebody. Um, and but I, what's the old saying that um, that your culture doesn't rise to the level of your hopes or aspirations? It falls to the level of what you tolerate. And so culture is so true. Values are so true yeah. that way mm -hmm. that what you tolerate is what you get often, not what you aspire to get. Um, and so, so I think mm -hmm. as the senior leader, it's just got to be always on your heart, always on your mind. It's got to if excellence is a value and you can walk by a piece of paper on the floor, then don't expect your team to pick up trash in the parking lot. If you know, it's just those right. little things. It's got to it's it's true at Kathy that would go into a bathroom of a competing restaurant and pick up paper towels off the floor because excellent wasn't something he wanted in Chick-fil-A restaurants. It was a value he had personally. So no matter where he went, excellence went with him. And so well, I think yeah. that is, I think that's the game changer for values. I agree with you. I'm going to, I want to uh, echo some things that you said and talk about it in context, even of here and how we do it. But the scripture that comes to my mind is that hope deferred makes the heart sick. So in my mind, I have an expectation of things. There's a hope. But if I don't communicate that to the people, it makes my heart sick. So mm -hmm. you have to clearly communicate it so that people can rise up to it. Well, if they don't know it, they can't rise up to it. Frustrates me, makes my heart sick and them as well because they're not doing a good job and you're frustrated at it. And they, you know, people don't volunteer your church because they want to do a bad job. They love the church and yeah. they want to add value right. to it. But if you don't clearly communicate that, then how can they rise to that level of mm -hmm. understanding? So that's why you have to be clear about what your values are to go back to what we said, who you really are, not what you wish you were. And uh, then I think it's important to have teaching. You said staff meetings. I feel like as the senior leader, one of my roles, I've, I've, I've three roles at staff meeting. One of them is I'm the CEO. So I got I to gotta tell you guys about what we're doing, how we're doing it. And this is kind of a, a business time. Another one is I'm the visionary of the church. Here's where we're going. I need you to hear it first. So mm -hmm. I want to give the staff that first. And then sometimes it's the, uh, you know, as the, the CEO, it's the, the culture driver. And so I feel like I get a chance. We do a all staff meeting where everybody comes together all at once, once a month. And I feel like it's my job to give an inoculation of DNA every month. Because, you know, you got to keep getting booster shots, no politics or pun intended. Okay. <laughs> Although we can talk about that for a long time, but you, you do, you have to keep getting booster shots of real vaccines <laughs> anyway. So, uh, and, and in doing that so that your body can continue to do what it needs to do against whatever that is. And that's true of values as well, that those things leak. And so yeah. it is my job to do that. So as you said, as the senior leader, I communicate that always sharing values in there. Number two is we have like breakout sessions where we're, we have to do CEUs with our teams. Some of them have skilled positions where they need like legitimate CEUs. And then sometimes, and they not sometimes, but we all also need cultural breakouts. And how do these values work in our, you have an encounter with a parent of a high schooler and here's the topic coming up. How do we handle that? in light of our values. So they need to have these classes and continuing education discussions at staff time where we're learning how to do these things inside our job description. So all of that is true. But the number one way that I help inoculate 
The DNA in our church is not in a training and not in a staff meeting. It's in everyday mm -hmm. situations. Mm -hmm. And, and it, you have to, as a leader, here's what I really want to drill down to as a leader, you have to be willing to take some time and sit down with a leader. You saw them make a decision, how they handled a volunteer or a situation on a weekend service or whatever. And you pull them to the side and you praise them or you correct them and you tell them the why. Mm -hmm. Okay. So when we were doing this right here, let me tell you why I think you did that in a great way. Because here at Bayside, one of our core values is we're others focused. And the way that you put the program to the side and you put the person ahead of the, the program and what was scheduled to do, that shows the value of others focused. You did a great job in there. I wanted you to know that. That's a better teaching moment than what they got at all staff meeting because mm -hmm. it's yeah. real life context. And so as a senior leader, I would encourage you. That means you got to walk slower through the crowds and you got to look for those opportunities and pause and use them to teach the door greeter, the sound person, the youth pastor, the worship pastor mm -hmm. in every way, because those are the things that will stick with them more than anything else. Yeah, that's so great. The, the value of, uh, walking slowly through the crowd of investing DNA into your leaders, you're, you're spot on. And the thing, I think sometimes people don't want to correct, or if maybe a better way to think about it, that's more palatable. If you don't like the correcting idea is calling up, I'm calling you up to a higher standard, uh, mm -hmm. to the, to the Bayside way, to the life point way, um, is that it's, we we've agreed to this set of values and so i'm not i'm not coming down on you i'm not beating you up i'm i'm helping you live out what we've agreed to live out and that's the why the why behind it it's not it's not this needs to look excellent because i'm ocd and i want everything clean around here no we we've we've agreed to a value and this is how that value plays out i think that why is so important someone gave me this i think this will be super practical for leaders one time that helped me so much because as a young leader, I expected people to walk in and embrace it. Day one, let's go. This is the value. Get on board, get on the train or get off the train, you know, and, and someone helped me in my immaturity to say, no, number one, you have to communicate it. Cause if you don't communicate it, what you were saying, Randy, clearly they can't understand it. And so I used to get frustrated with people that would come to attend the church and have a lot of questions. And it took me a little bit to realize, no, when they, when they understand it, they embrace it big time. Some of our most, some of the, some people in our church have the most longevity came in and the first month they asked a lot of questions. How do you do this? Why do you do that? Why do you do that? And when they locked in, man, they locked in with us for decades, you know, mm -hmm. after and years, it took me a while to understand that if I'll communicate it over and over and over, I can give people deeper and deeper understanding. When I give them deeper and deeper understanding, they can embrace the value in a greater and greater way. And if they'll embrace it, then they're in a position to defend it. And then DNA starts getting transferred, not just from me, but from a group of people. And when you get there, it's exponential. Yeah, mm. that is so good. I don't know what you got planned for the rest of the podcast, but I would love some rapid fire. I want to hear a few of these, these big, I love it. at least 12. I want to hear at least the top two or three of them that 
or at life. What are the three that you, you kind of alluded to, there were three or four that you're like, these are our big ones that we really make sure get down to our front door greeters. Those that are in the parking lot, our volunteers that are just coming on board. And then as they grow, they learn kind of more of them. What give us those three or four of those that you were referring yeah, to. Top, I think that's a great top, way to close the conversation today. Yeah. The top, top ones are going to be, um, and they're just, you know, kind of they're from scripture, which is always good, right? In a church to value things. Oh man, we didn't use any scripture on ours. We got <laughs> so they're just simply um love for God, love for people. We're gonna pursue excellence and we're gonna be life-giving in everything that we do. And so just it's it's intimacy with Christ. It's love for everyone and everybody walking through the door. And if I love you, then I'm going to honor you. These are some of the values that spill down from that, right? If I love you, I'm going to honor you. If I'm in love with God, I'm going to have intimacy with God. If I love you, I'm going to build you. I'm going to build leader, a leader in you to the level um, that God has you to go. I'm going to be life-giving in the way that I talk. I'm going I'm to, we have a value underneath there that calls, called my spirit, my choice. Like I'm going to, I'm going to be life-giving. I'm going to own my attitude and everything that I do. Um, so those are, those are the, the, the big four. If hopefully if you walked in up to anybody that's on our team, on the dream team, they'd be able to tell you, these are the big four. And then great. as so you good. grow in leadership, you would begin to have some of those so good. fill in underneath. Um, and, and, and what I share with you has, it's, it's been consistent since we, since we started, when we, we sat down, it's had different language as we, you know, re-envisioned throughout the years. But when we sat down on those whiteboards, man, 15 years ago now, mm-hmm. um, in that little office, uh, that that's the, these became the reoccurring things that, that rose to the surface. You know, we just recently redid ours and we pared them down. I think we went from five to three down to three. And we did that since COVID because we felt like when it comes to culture, this country's culture has shifted a whole lot and we wanted to reorganize them and reword some of them in ways that actually would speak to where our country is now. Cause a huge shift happened, you know, mm-hmm. through the last several years of the yeah. post pandemic mm-hmm. and uh, but ours haven't really changed. It's just the retooling of them. Artists, ours first is it's God first. We prioritize God's presence and his word. Mm-hmm. We added that to it because this is a Bible-based church and we're not going to water it down for what That's culture great. says. Mm-hmm. So that, that was the first one. We prioritize his presence and his word through Holy Spirit working in our lives. Number two is others focused, people over projects, that whole thing. But part of that is having real conversations about real topics that, as you said, call up. I, I used the word correct earlier, uh, but but that is the whole thing, is that if we really love each other, if we're others focused, Jesus had hard conversations with people, but it was to call them up. It was to give them hope. It was to elevate them and lift them up. So there's that part. And then the last one is on mission, that we're constantly trying to represent Jesus, not just at work, but in our own personal lifestyle. And we're always trying to do things with excellence. How can we make this better? Mm-hmm. It's great. 
Yeah. You know, as we close out the conversation, something that I, I love and, and to encourage those that are listening, maybe you, you, maybe you have these values, maybe you are like, man, I gotta, I gotta develop them. Um, but both, uh, both of these sets of values, um, it's not that it's, we're trying to teach people the Bayside way or anything. It, it's really, it's the Jesus way because both churches, all of these values are not because it's something that Daniel was in you as the senior pastor. And, and so it has to be your way, but no, it was first in Christ. And yeah. it is out of that, that these values are made. Same thing with you, Randy. And, and as they're being developed and just to encourage churches that, that may start this journey, um, it's all, uh, it's all on the same mission. It is, um, And it's really for Jesus. It's, it's not about branding a particular thing, although that does happen, but it's really just reflecting Christ in how we live and why we do the things that we do. It's true. Just uh, take your time, go on a spiritual dig and see what people really say about your church. You'll, you'll yeah. be thankful you did it and uh, you'll be able to build on that, create some glue. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I think too, well, it's so well, good to, for a leader to look back over their life. Like the thing of pursue excellence I think one of the first verses I ever learned was whether therefore you eat or drink or whatsoever you do, whatever you do, do it all to the glory of God. I had a father that was like, that was drilled into me was, you know, how you make your bed, how you, what does the floorboard of your car look like? And so I think you look back over and you go, okay, what naturally has been invested in my life comes out of my life. Um, and it may not look like anybody else's values, but it's what God has done in you, then be authentic to you. I found out the more I stopped imitating other people and started leading out of who God made me to be is when we saw the, the church really begin to take off. Man. I knew today was going to be a rich it's conversation So with, good with Dr. Floyd, man, seriously though. <laughs> Uh, Daniel, I always enjoy having time with you, whether it be something like this or at a conference or in a green room or running into you at the, at the airport and, you know, having conversations always, I always lead better just hanging out with you. So thank you so much for being a part of this podcast. Yeah. Honored. Thanks for having me on. I so appreciate you. And church. you do a podcast. Why don't you tell everybody a little bit about your podcast? You guys need to tune into this guy. Yeah. The Daniel Floyd leadership podcast. We, uh, release twice a month. And uh, just finished up season two and uh, are going to be finished up season two in the next few weeks. Got some great guests coming up. We got a two-part series with Brandon Lake. Irene's going to be on it. So just a lot of good people. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Well, listeners, please make sure to check that out. That was the Daniel Floyd Leadership Podcast, correct? Yep. Excellent. Awesome. Well, Daniel, thank you so much for being with us around the table today and having such rich conversation, added so much value. Appreciate sh you sharing all that God's done and used you as you lead LifePoint and uh, the things that you've learned that I know listeners are going to take and apply. And mm -hmm. as always, Randy, great having a combo. Man, today was a lot it was of good. Yes. It was good. Thank well, you guys for joining us today. Yes. Thank you again. We'll join. We'll see you next time for the Relational Leader Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. For more resources, go to therelatenetwork.com.